This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a show where we discuss how to navigate the highs and lows of the human condition. Each week, we address a new topic, and we see that there are two choices we can make. We can lower the bar, go with the flow, and react to what the world throws at us, or we can be proactive, deciding in advance how we want to live, and in essence, rise above the human condition. We hope the discussion today is just what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Great to be with you. It is December 20th. Here we are halfway through a series called Conversations with Family. On week three already. I mean, this is like going to be over before you know it. Uh, week one, I got to interview my oldest daughter, Allie, uh, on a topic that she's pretty passionate about. So we talked about all things climate change, global warming, environment, those sorts of, uh, of conversations. Last week, Tammy and I uh, chatted through a difficult season we went through when we decided that living apart for six months was a good idea. Uh, we talked about transcending the long-distance relationship. And here we are, week three. Uh, my son, Tyler, is going to join us here in a minute. He is in high school here in the Irvine area, and we're going to have him on to talk about change. But before he gets on here, I just wanted to talk for a few minutes about this whole concept of change. And it blows my mind that I have not done an episode on the podcast yet called Transcending Change. I mean, I'm sure I've talked about change in one form or another in other episodes. I, I have to have. I mean, this is a massive part of the human condition. Change in, in multiple ways, but change personally, like when we change to become a better person or I guess a worse person, uh, change that the environment produces on us or change that we basically have to react to because it just comes out of the blue and it is what it is. And it just happens all the time. Life is made up of change. So it's just funny to me that I haven't done an entire episode called Transcending Change. Um, but that's what we're going to kind of do today. Um, however, I, I named the episode Transcending Life Change. And I did that because I wanted to hint at the fact that these aren't small little changes we're talking about. These are big life events, big life changes. Things like marriage, divorce, moving across the country, things like that. These are big things that happen in your life, big changes that you have to respond to. And so that's going to be our topic for today, transcending life change. All right. So Tyler has officially joined us. So welcome back to the show. Um, I think the last time you were on the show, you said something like, I'll be back. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so here it is. You're already back, like maybe four or five weeks later. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I was super excited to do the first one and even more excited to do this one. Sweet. Yeah. So this whole this whole month, we're trying to get each of you on one time to just kind of talk about something that is interesting to you or something you're passionate about or something that's important in your life. So I think back when I first announced that we were doing this, I said something like, yeah, we're going to have one episode for each 
person and I'm going to ask them about things that they're passionate about. And then when mom was on the show last week, she said, well, this isn't something I'm passionate about. And I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I guess you're right. So, <laughs> so I might have to have Tammy back at another time to do the thing she's passionate about. Cause last week we just talked about, um, long distance relationships and how difficult it was being apart when I moved here first uh, to California and stuff like that. So, so for you, would you say that this is something you're passionate about or is this just something that has happened in your life and you're just willing to kind of talk about it? Cause it's been a big deal for you. Um, I think through going through it, um, it kind of became a part of me and kind of became something I am passionate about and like to talk to others and uh, family members and friends and um, kind of just everyone about and I'm super open to it now <laughs> it's a little a little different from when it used to be but it took you a while to really decide it was something you were willing to talk about yeah but I would say I'm pretty passionate about it cool all right well before we dive into the actual stuff let's just open up with some questions so I guess tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing in life right now, and then maybe something you're dreaming about in the future. All right. Well, as many of you guys know, my name is Tyler. Um, I'm the youngest kid in our family. Um, I go to Portola High School right now. I'm in my junior year, so 11th grade. Taking pretty easy classes this year. Just got a couple fun art classes and um, doing health and um the other one that goes with that and uh yeah um what I'm doing in life right now I would say doing a lot of sports I'm in off-season football right now and off-season volleyball which volleyball is going to go into season pretty soon here um something I'm dreaming about well I love Christmas so I'm probably dreaming about uh Christmas morning because it's one of my favorite days of the year so nice true yeah, you have always been a big Christmas person. Well, I guess holidays in general. Yeah. Or would you say Christmas is really the the fave? Christmas is probably my favorite. I think just the environment of it all and all the flavors and scents that come along with it. Got it. Cool. So one thing you didn't say that you were doing in life right now was hockey, but obviously that's something you're doing too. We just got back from a uh, a weekend in Vegas hockey tournament. So how was that? Um, we actually won a game. So I've been to multiple of these Las Vegas tournaments. I'm pretty sure I've been to two of them now. Um, and we haven't won a game <laughs> in Las Vegas either of the time. So it's fun to finally win one. Um, it was all pretty fun. I got to hang out um, in Las Vegas in general. The hotel we stayed at was pretty nice. And got to eat lots of food. And yeah, it was pretty fun. Cool. All right. Well. Let me do a quick overview of the whole change thing. Like I said at the top of the show, change is something that we all deal with. It's constant. It's inevitable, both for the good and the bad, I guess. But, And then you know, you've know you heard the phrase, if there's one thing that never changes, it's the fact that everything changes or that things change. And there's you know that's a phrase for a reason because um, change happens to all of us. And as I was thinking through like, Thinking through the back history of this episode and, and what we could talk about and things like that, I, I kind of decided change can be clumped into two different 
sizes. Let's just let's just say sizes. So small changes and big changes. So small changes, obviously, you know, daily stuff we deal with, the the menu changing at Chick-fil-A, TV shows starting and ending. Uh, maybe there's a new street added to your neighborhood or an intersection goes from a stop sign to a traffic light. Just basic things like that where you're going through your day and then something hits you. It's like, oh, that's different. And you have to adapt to that thing. But then there are big changes. And in this episode, we're going to basically refer to those as life changes. So that could be everything from moving across the country or moving to a whole other country for that matter. Um, a loved one dying, going through transitions, like going from middle school to high school, high school to college, college into the workforce, um, things like getting married, having kids, retiring, losing a job, getting a new job, stuff like that. Obviously, these are much bigger changes. And because they're so much bigger, they can have a bigger impact on your life. So some of these changes can make you like extremely happy. And other changes can make you extremely sad or extremely angry or whatever, depending on on what the change is in your life. So that's really where I wanted to go with this episode and was hoping you'd be willing to tell some of your story as we kind of talk through big life changes and how they can impact us for the good and for the bad. So so specifically on this uh, episode, we're going to talk about our move from Indiana to California and the impact that you feel like it had on you throughout, I guess, you know, initially when we first got here and then even over the next five years kind of dealing with it. So sound good? Yes, sir. All right. Well, I feel like I've already done way too much talking, but at the same time, I kind of need to dive in and explain the backstory, I guess, for why we moved, unless you want to do it. Um. I mean, I can try. I can give a little bit of my view on it, I guess. All right. Yeah, let's um, start with your view, and then I'll talk about kind of what Tammy and I were thinking when Mom and I were thinking when we even brought up the whole th- the whole process. Um. Well, I have a vivid memory of exactly when we first heard about it, at least, and that was at a random, not kind of a random, just went to it before, but just kind of a out-of-the-blue Dairy Queen visit after going to the lake house back in Indiana. Um, it was very sudden. I don't exactly remember if it got brought up at all, like even the idea of moving at all before that. Um, I just remember that that was the kind of conversation of like, hey, like we're thinking about it. I don't think during that it was for sure. Like we were at 100%, at least from what I kind of took from it. Um, I kind of just viewed it as, hey, like we're looking for, you know, new jobs and that was kind of what I saw as the main factor of it was the whole um, plain Joe kind of stuff and going from, you know, your old job at the church back to uh, your job here. Um, And then I also viewed it a little bit as a whole Tammy situation with her wanting to, you know, experience something different. And I also kind of heard that both of you um, kind of viewed it as like a uh, God calling to you guys to like dive into something uh, different. So yeah, I mean, I never really thought about moving before you guys brought it up at all. That's pretty. I mean, I was 11 years old, so it's like I can't really remember that much back to it. But mm-hmm. um, and I don't really think it was in my mind because I had a pretty good, you know, friend group and pretty good uh, family friends. 
So I was pretty, pretty stuck there, I would say. Um, my first thought when we first started talking about it, I was a little scared because it was just very like, like as we're talking about it, it was a big change. And um, like even just the thought of it kind of scared me a little bit. And um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I viewed was going through your guys' head at the time and my head a little bit. So I right. that's completely true. But. Yeah, no, I think you brought up, I think you even brought up like two or three things that that I can even talk about from our point of view because it was definitely something that, so mom and I had gone back and forth about the whole moving thing two or three times. There were times when I think I was ready to move or I, I kind of just threw it out there like, hey, do you always want to live here? Or are there other places you would want to live? And at the time she was like, nope, we have family here. You know, my family's here. We have all of our traditions here. There's no, there's no reason to move. And then at some point in 2015, it kind of switched and mom, mom was the one bringing it up. She was like, at this point, I just don't feel like I have a lot of things holding us here. And so she brought it up and basically asked me like if I thought about moving and I had kind of just stopped even thinking about it at the time because my family moved a lot when I was growing up. Like we, we moved two or three times, lots of different houses. And like, I, I guess I just assumed that I would move a lot for the rest of my life. But then when I think when mom started talking about how, no, we need to be here because all our, all our families here and it's like, we're stable. I think I just kind of, put that moving thing on the shelf and was like, Oh, okay, well this is how life works. Then once you really put roots down and you really like in involve yourself in a community, it's, there's just no point in, in changing that. So it was just kind of weird that mom was the one bringing it up. And she was like, you know, I've lived here my whole life and I haven't got to experience other things like you have. And so I think I'm ready to do that. So that that's kind of how the conversation started in 2015. And you also brought up the whole thing about it kind of being a calling, like a God thing. And I think that was something that we just, like when she brought it up and I kind of looked at where I was at in my job and, and how I felt things were going, it was just this kind of feeling that like everything that I wanted to do or everything I thought I was supposed to do at the church I was working at, I had already done. So I was the web director. I felt like I had everything kind of set up the way it needed to be set up. We were going in a good direction. Um, and we were just kind of in this weird period of time where there was nothing big and exciting happening. I was just kind of like going to work every day, maintaining the website, but there was really no big projects on the future. And so I think I, think I was kind of even at that point then ready for a change too. And then you throw in the whole weather thing. So that was something that I'm sure you heard mom talk a lot about. The weather in the Midwest is crazy from 20 below zero in the winter to 95 and humid in the summer. Lots and lots of change throughout the year. And a lot of people like that. But I think, I think having lived there most of our lives, um, I think mom was just done with it. She was like, why do we live here again? That's just, I don't get it. So, 
so anyway, all of that obviously led to us searching for other uh, opportunities. And I think, you know, we, we did some, I did some interviews in Florida. Like I think we assumed initially that we would head that direction, the East coast, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, somewhere in there. Um, but then the whole thing in California came up just because of people I knew there and some networking that I had done. And so that became an option. And so mom and I flew out, kind of did some research and decided it was the thing that we were supposed to do. So, so yeah, that was, that was kind of the behind the scenes from at least my point of view, or I think mom's point of view as well. But I guess the next question for you related to that is, did we explain that well enough back then? Like, did you guys feel like you had all the information when we had thought through all that and made that decision based on all that stuff? Um, thinking back to it, I don't really think, I just don't really remember ever there being a, like another conversation about it, which I don't know if that's just like me having a bad memory in general, which, you know, I can definitely say I do. But um, I just, I remember the one at Dairy Queen, obviously very vivid, but I can't really remember ever having like another, like a follow-up conversation about it because um, the first time it was very up in the air and it was very like undecided and you guys weren't sure where or when. Um, but I remember it being kind of, um, I remember hearing like, oh, South Carolina, a little bit of California. And it for some reason, California wasn't, the biggest one for a while, I don't think. Um, True, I think I think California kind of came out of the blue toward the end. Yeah, and I think that the whole California thing, it was very like, ooh, like that's a big change, especially going from as you're talking about the whole weather situation, because it's completely on the opposite side of the spectrum over here. But true, um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a lot of conversation about it between our family but i think from what i'm hearing from you guys you and mom had a decent amount of conversations about it so that's probably what i'd say so you feel like we opened it up and kind of dropped the bomb on you guys that we were thinking about moving but then we never had consistent conversations afterward to kind of keep you in the loop about where things were going yeah that's from my memory at least got it I can see that. I mean, I, f I feel like that's probably true. I feel like we, mom and I probably had lots of conversations, like maybe at night after you guys went to bed, you know, just trying to figure things out. And we probably needed to keep you guys more in the loop as well. So. All right. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about Indiana. So what are some of the things that you really loved about Indiana? Here we go. It's my favorite. Um, I'd say number one would definitely be all the traditions we had there. Um, I think that, I mean, it wasn't, really isn't about Indiana itself, but how they were all based there. Um, some including, you know, we went to Deep River here and there during the summer breaks. A water park. Yeah, water yeah. park. One of my favorite water parks I've been to. Um, you know, during the holidays, we used to do a 11 o'clock service on Christmas Eve, 11 p.m. with mm -hmm. our, um, our good, good friends. Yeah, with our good friends. Right. Same thing with them on a, 
after church services on Saturday, I believe, um, we used to all come back to our house normally because it's our house. <laughs> um, we used to come back to our house. The kids would go down to the basement. Um, you know, they would hang out down there, play video games while the adults normally, you know, talked and watched um, that Jimmy Fallon show. I forget the name of it. But I always remember coming up there and you guys were watching that and never understood anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely the traditions. Unlike for um, what I'm hearing from you and Tammy, I love the weather there. I think, I mean, that's also probably just because I didn't have to deal with it. I didn't have to shovel and rake leaves all, you know, all fall and winter. But I think I just like the the change it kind of brought throughout the year because I think here it's just very like, it rains here and there, but the rest of the time it's sunny, you know? Mm -hmm. I think with there, you know, I had a, I had like actual four seasons instead of, I view California really as only having one or two seasons, those being summer <laughs> and spring most of the time. Or it's just one season with warm days and cold days. Yeah. That's really what it is. Definitely those. And then I think just having our family around in general, both sides, just because, you know, we got to see them here and there. It wasn't like always, like it wasn't a lot, but I think just being able to whenever, I mean, whenever we would or can, I think that was just a fun thing to have because we don't really have a lot. We have like a, I think my, it would be for me, my great aunt and uncle, I'm pretty sure, but I'm pretty sure they just moved recently, but um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. There's, I mean, there's comfort in like the, the friends that you have, the group that you hang out with and having relatives close by. And it's definitely something that we had going for us there. And the whole weather thing, I mean, it is frustrating as an adult, like having to deal with like the snow and the, you know, the, the snow part is beautiful, but it's the, the slush and the salt and it all gets tracked into your house and your garage. And I mean, there, there's, it's just a lot of work, but I mean, I, I thought it was beautiful too. Like I, I don't mind the four seasons. Um, it's definitely easier here because you don't have to really think about anything. Literally, you just get yeah. up, get out of the house, drive your car to work. And for the most part, you don't even have to worry about whether or not to bring an umbrella, yeah. except for maybe one week out of the year, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. it allows you to be lazier here for sure. So those are things you liked about Indiana. Was there actually anything you didn't like about Indiana or the Midwest? I honestly, I when I looked over these questions, I just could not even think of an answer to that. I don't, I don't remember. Like, I don't think there was really anything I didn't really like about it. Maybe just the only thing I can really think of is just there wasn't any like it was very flat, and it was like there was no hills, no mountains, no. We had no beaches even close to us. We had a lake in. I think that was even in Michigan, right? Like yeah, Lake Michigan. Yeah, so I think I would say just not having a lot of, like, fun, typical, like, you know, things we have on the West Coast now. I think just not having, looking back to not having those during, like, my childhood, I kind of just wish that they would have been there. Yeah, true. It's very flat. There's a lot of trees, a lot of cornfields. Cornfields, for sure. I mean, Lake Michigan, don't get me wrong. I mean, you kind of feel like you're at the ocean almost with Lake Michigan because it is a huge body of water and there's you know the waves can get really high and that um 
you know, the beaches are nice. So there was that going for it. And then even when we took our, our trip out here, we were in the van for two weeks driving across uh, the country from east to west. And that was probably the first time you guys ever even saw mountains, right? Yeah, I mean, it was the first time I can even think of besides, you know, reading history textbooks in school. But it was a very, like, eye-opening adventure, specifically talking about that, just because there's been many things that we haven't gotten to see. And getting to see things like, yeah, even just mountains, you know, driving down the coast. Um, it was just all very, like, new and, like, exciting almost. Um, and we also got to go see some, you know, national things. I think we went and saw Mount Rushmore. Um, Devil's Tower. Yeah, Devil's Tower, Yellowstone, the Grand Canyon. I mean, we we just went to a lot of things that really weren't available, I guess, in the Midwest. There was there's just not a lot of big national parks and things like that. Um, so you guys got to see a lot of that stuff when we moved out. I guess that's one thing that I forgot to bring up. So back when I was talking about why we decided to do this, um, one thing, one difference, I guess, between mom and me is that mom had never been out of Indiana. Like she literally grew up there. That was her home. And that was one of the reasons why she was like, I, I don't, <laughs> I want to do something. I want to, I want to explore. I want to see other parts of the country. Um, for me, my family had actually done a very similar thing back when I was in first grade. Um, I think I just finished up my first grade year. And my parents decided they were going to move from the Chicagoland area all the way out to Wyoming. So kind of a similar situation to what we did. Um, you know, they moved out to Wyoming and we were out there for about seven years. I came back. We moved back to the Chicagoland area when I was going into ninth grade. So about seven years, six, seven years I was out there. And I mean, I just, I was younger than you. So it was probably different. But I just remember Wyoming being like, that was like the best seven years of my life growing up, experiencing the West, I guess, mountains and hiking and skiing, just all the kind of stuff that we did, fishing, camping, all that stuff um, out in the West. And so I look back on that as a really good thing. It was like an adventure that our family got to go on. And so I think when I thought about moving California that's kind of what I had in my head like oh this is going to be great it's going to be awesome it's going to be so different and the kids are going to love it and they're going to they're going to look at it as this cool experience that we did for even even if it's only for seven years but it'll be a cool thing that they'll always look back on and I think as we talk through this you'll be able to talk <laughs> a little bit about whether or not that is true for you so all right. So we talked a little bit about the Midwest, but how about California? So when we finally made that decision and we said, we're going to California, was it something that interested you? Was there anything about California that interested you or was it all kind of like negative or scary or, or that sort of thing? I would say my personal view on it was pretty negative in general. I think compared, like, especially compared to Rachel and Allie, it'd be interesting to have them come on here and talk about you know, there be on it too. But I think mine was probably the most negative out of all of them just because I was young and I had, you know, a best friend there. I had a bunch of school friends and uh, family friends that were around my age. So I think I was just pretty set in stone there. And then it was very like, oh, everything's going to change. And, you know, 
you can understand at that age that those are all going to go away and then you have to try to find new friends and you know it's just it'll be rough and I think that's the main portion of it that I saw rather than trying to look at any of the positive of it and I didn't think any of the positive really came out until we started moving here I would say when I started noticing you know things like the mountains and the beach and so forth so got it so you didn't it wasn't like you were looking at California in terms of what it would be like like the physical part of being here and the like the people or the countryside it was more it was more just California is a place that doesn't have these things that I love about Indiana yeah gotcha okay so then once we did move I guess this is where we kind of start talking about the impact it had on you so when we when we first got here you went right into sixth grade you were at a a school that literally had just been built was just opening the year we got here it was a k through eight but they were only starting with K through six. So you were literally the first, the first year at the school, you were the top grade at the school for sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. Your grade was literally the, the, the top grade each of those years. Right. Mm -hmm. So how would you say that first year was acclimating to California, the new school, new friends, all that stuff? Um, I would say the first year was probably one of the roughest um I think that's just because there was so much change and middle school itself is a big difference from elementary school and I think trying to change like from going to um you know elementary school in Indiana itself and then going to middle school which is a big difference and in another state is also it just adds up you kind of um kind of just have to deal with it I guess but um, I think friends was also a pretty big issue for me just because I'm not the most social person in the world and I'm not the best like introducing myself and trying to make friends. And I think the easy part with that before was that I was kind of born with a friend and multiple friends throughout um, my you know childhood just because you guys were friends with you know our family friends and when they had kids, you guys had kids. So it was just very like set up for me like you, know? you had a ready-made group of friends kind yeah. of already mm-hmm. but what was it like so in indiana even though you had like you had carter as one of your friends and jacob and stuff like that but in school like did you how did you make friends at school though? because that's still similar to california like you had to actually put yourself out there and and introduce yourself or somehow meet other people in order to have other friends yeah, I mean, I remember one of my good friends in um, elementary school. I met, I'm pretty sure, through baseball because um, his dad was the coach and he was just, he went to my school and planned for the team. So it was kind of just mm-hmm. a connection that I had. Um, and I think those two, him and um, Carter, which was my childhood friend, um, I think they, they became friends too. I think also through baseball because we all played for the same team at some point. Yeah, true. So I think that kind of helped like doing sports and stuff because I remember even more people like on my hockey team for sure that I could you know point out like Carson Meisberg um so I think it was just easy through that that's true it was a it was a unique thing in that area because so many kids grew up playing a variety of sports together 
that at some point you were either at the same elementary school or you would go to a middle school where a bunch of elementary schools fed into that middle school and you would run into these kids again and again and again that you had either played hockey with or basketball or <laughs> volleyball, all yeah. whatever sport you had played at some point you kind of ran back into them again. So, okay. So that was, um, the immediate issue kind of, jumping right into Beacon Park and sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. How, how did things change when you went to high school? Oh, I mean, that was a pretty big jump, I would say. Um, I think eighth grade, I would say is probably the biggest, like kind of mind changing and body changing year, at least in my life. And I'm Mm -hmm. assuming a lot of um, males life just because males and females kind of differ with that. Um, so I think eighth grade was just a lot of maturing and a lot of, you know, just change going on mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, so I think going from, you know, all that change and all that difference going into high school is, I mean, high school is scary in general. Everyone that kind of, you know, hypes it up for you saying, oh my gosh, high school is going to be so hard and you're not going to have any (laughs) friends and stuff, which I mean, it was my freshman year. I mean, it was, it was a little rough. I think just. Having football, I think, was the biggest, like, um, you know, positive gain, I think, with high school at the start of it, at least, just because it kind of, it kind of distracted me, I guess, from all of that because of all the practices and all the time that it took up and getting to meet people through that, that you had at your school, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of friends and, you know, friends came from um, middle school into high school with you. So you kind of had friends. It's just so much changes throughout that, like, like that summer, especially, I was just like, do I even really know this person anymore? Like, I don't, it was it was a weird time. But I think, you know, I'm in my junior year right now, so my sophomore and, um, you know, this quarter of my junior year have been pretty solid. I would say nothing, um, nothing too complicated. I think I've stuck. I mean, I kind of bounced around with friends a little bit throughout my sophomore year, but right this year it's starting to get pretty solid with that. So cool. One thing that I didn't, I don't even have here on my notes is the whole church thing. So like one of the reasons why I moved out here was to work at a church. So we had been going to that church and there was like student ministries, you know, junior high and high school ministry. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Like, was that, did that help in the transition of moving here or did it not really matter much at all? Um, I think it helped me expand my like range with people because I mean, as I said before, I wasn't the most out there. Um, so I think not only just going to school and sports every day was kind of a change that I think I kind of needed at the change from going to, um, you know, the move here, I guess. Because um, we went to church back in Indiana, but it wasn't the same as it is here just because there, I don't think there was really a junior high ministry and in high school ministry there it was like up until a certain grade you were in these rooms that were separated and then once you hit a certain grade you're with all the adults in the big church i'm pretty sure um no i think i mean i think because you would have been what fifth grade in indiana mm-hmm. so yeah you were i think that was the last year that you probably would have been in that big like the separate room yeah and then when you went into middle school you would have gone into what they called gsm which is Granger Student Ministries. And I think it met Sunday nights 
after church. And so like all of the high school and junior high would go and kind of have like this big meeting and then they would break out into, or maybe they actually went, like maybe the junior high went for the first hour and a half and then the second hour and a half was high school. Yeah. But it was all kind of on the same night. So I, I just don't think you got to go to that or experience that. Yeah, I think it was. Because I mean, we left, we actually stayed there longer than we were going to so that you guys could go to GSM camp. So as a technically a middle school student, you got to go to high school camp or the junior high camp for that first year. So yeah, so then when we got here, we kind of dumped you right into the junior high ministry. So what, like, what are some of the things you remember from that first summer kind of being part of that ministry and the things you did and, and was it helpful or was it not helpful? I think it was a lot helpful. I think it was just a big change that kind of I needed, I guess. Um, that meaning like it helped me expand, um, you know, my kind of take on the whole religion and that kind of thing, just because I haven't, I didn't really think too much about it when you were in, um, you know, elementary school, it's kind of just, you go to church every, it's just one thing you do, right? Yeah. It's just, I mean, your parents normally make you or your parents just say, Hey, we're going to church. You're like, oh, okay. It's like a tradition, you know, mm-hmm. but this was kind of like a whole, like, Oh, like it's, you're by yourself now because you guys went to church on the weekends, but there are like points where, um, especially in junior high ministry, there was like separate days that we went and like different events that I went to. So I think just getting to experience it like myself more and like not so much as like a whole like family kind of a deal. I got to expand my, you know, friends that were went to church that I still am friends with and I still talk with like now. Um, and I got to meet a lot of good adults too that are still really good friends in my life and really important. So cool. Yeah, I, I remember that first summer. I think I remember you going like paddleboarding and tried surfing for a while. And- yeah. Um, beach days and stuff like that. There's just a lot of those kind of typical summer student ministry events that you, that you did. And, and that was good. It was good that you had kind of one more thing to kind of go to and keep your mind off of, of how things were being transitioning from Indiana to California. Yeah. But all right. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about mental health along the way. So maybe describe like how how you first started to feel like maybe there was some issues or some problems you know that that weren't either that weren't how should i put this because obviously there was a transition there was kind of working through the fact that we weren't in indiana any longer and now we're in california um but at some point i think you started realizing that there was something else going on so maybe Talk about that, like when you started to feel that, what it felt like, and what you did about it initially when you started to feel that way. I was never, like, I didn't even know mental health, like, issues were a thing until, like, I would say probably around my seventh or eighth grade year. Like, it was just never brought up in school and, like, even outside of school. I think that has definitely changed a lot. Like, now I think it's getting to be more, like, of a you know worldwide kind of a knowledge instead of just being like a certain people and certain things only talked about but when I look back I could see a lot of things that I would classify as mental health 
issues back in like middle school I didn't know at the time that that's what they were just because as I said like a lack of knowledge of it really um but I think throughout my middle school year and into high school I started to learn more about it and like realize that it wasn't you know just me being um you know not really out there and not really like happy all the time but it was a little more of the whole mental health stuff involving like depression um that kind of leading into a whole like not a phase but a couple um suicide kind of stuff and um ADHD is like kind of there for me it isn't my biggest um my biggest thing about me but it's definitely it was there especially when I was a child I would say I was pretty restless and couldn't really focus on tests and on you know homework and stuff like that so I think learning more about it in high school I got to realize that it was a problem when I didn't even realize it got it so how long would you say it was it was going on where either you specifically hit it maybe yeah let's start with that so do you feel like there was a period of time where you kind of knew what was going on and and you just did your best to hide it from people yeah i mean i had a couple good friends that i shared about it eventually but for the first good i would say at least half of a year um first figuring out that it was even happening it was pretty I was like scared like I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't know if that would change you know the way they view me the way they like look at me um especially scared about my family just because they're your parents they're your siblings you don't want to disappoint them um but I I think I you know hit it a lot and I kind of just kept it in which in my opinion made it worse just because talking about it and going through it with other people I think just it makes it better in general um so I'd say for a good at least six months I was pretty by myself with about it so yeah and yeah I mean what you're saying is you basically get kind of in this tunnel because you don't have people around you you're not able to talk about it and so it can just get worse and worse and worse right yeah so what do you think made you eventually reach out and talk to us you said you talked to like other people first right did you ever i mean was it just kids your age or did you talk to like um your youth pastor um i'm pretty sure i like mentioned it but it was close to around the time that i mentioned it to you guys i think it wasn't that far apart just because i kind of gained a little more confidence with it and realized that i did need help rather than hiding that away from myself um so i think I told you guys pretty much around the same time. You guys later, but still in the same time range. Got it. So you felt like you had kind of gained some confidence and that helped you to tell us? Yeah. Was there anything big that happened that kind of pushed it over the edge like that made you like come to us? Um, or did we start just asking a bunch of questions and you finally decided, well, they kind of seemed to know, so I may as well just tell them. I mean... Both of my sisters, I would say, probably started realizing it and asking about it first, just because, you know, they were on my social media and I, you know, talked to them sort of about it before, I would say, just because we have a pretty close relationship. So I trusted them with it. You know, I trusted them not to tell anyone else, including you guys, just because I Mm -hmm. wanted, I'd rather talk it through with them first before you guys. So I didn't know how you guys would be 
it. I didn't know how you guys would deal with it. Yeah. Um, so were they helpful or did they, did they like kind of tell you that you needed to tell us? Um, they were pretty helpful. I don't think they ever like forced me or like made me feel guilty for not telling you guys. They were pretty on my side about the whole, like, like we understand that it's hard and that, you know, telling your parents is really big deal. Um, so I think if anything, they helped me kind of get more comfortable and, you know, kind of build up the confidence to tell you guys in the first place. Got it. Okay. Well, my next question is like kind of skipping a bunch of content because it says fast forward to today. And I, I think we should probably not just do that. We should probably talk about once you did tell us, once we had that first conversation, how would you say things went then for the next six months to a year? Kind of working through once we knew then, then what did that set in motion? And how do you feel like things started to change after that? Um, I think after telling you guys, it was more of a conversation that happened like more regularly than it used to be. Um, like even with my friends, I didn't like to bring it up because I know for a lot of people, like not just me that, you know, deal with it, they feel like it could be a burden on a lot of people. Um, so I think it kind of just being like, just it being up in the air a lot and it being like talked about, it helped with that just because as I said, talking about it always helps and it's not keeping it in, in your own brain and, you know, staying downstairs all day and that kind of helps with it. Um, and then the whole, I went and saw a psychiatrist, I think first, I think that was kind of the main conversation when we first started talking about it was how can we like help you with that? And, you know, there, there's many options for mental health. I mean, the big two are probably medication and um, therapy, but Right now, the whole therapy thing and during then for sure, just because we were in the middle of COVID, um, it was, I didn't want to do it online just because I didn't feel comfortable like telling people all my problems <laughs> over the camera. So we kind of got, um, not really forced, but like pushed the other direction, which I think is honestly a better option in my opinion, just because, um, you know, that's what I chose to do in the end. But that was the major thing that happened first was talking to a psychiatrist. And I mean, that was a big step for me because I've only told people that I know. And like, I, I, mm -hmm. it's never been like a thing where I've just told someone that I, it's just random, you know? And it was weird. It was really weird at first. I was super nervous. I remember thinking about it, like couldn't get any sleep the previous night, but yeah. Isn't that weird though? It, it's weird that as a society, we look at, at talking to a psychiatrist about mental health issues as so like we get so nervous it's like i don't know i don't want to tell them all this stuff but if you go to a doctor and you're like you have pain in your leg yeah and they're like to asking him to describe the pain in your leg you're all about it it's uh, like oh yeah it's right here and it's like yeah it feels like on the left side it hurts yeah. over here and like we're we're okay with it with a medical doctor but with a psychiatrist it's all of a sudden like yeah. weird but that's kind of like you said, like the, just the acceptance in society, it's been changing over time and it's like, it had stigma attached to it before and it's getting better and better. And it's been a more transparent thing, I think in the, in the recent days. 
which kind of brings up COVID because I think COVID has just taken a spotlight and shined it on how crazy mental health has become in our country and around the world. Um, I was listening to some stat this morning, I think even on the news that, what is it? One in three, one in three adults is admitting that they have, have seen symptoms of depression since COVID started. I mean, that's pretty crazy. One in three. Um, but it, it makes sense just with how much the world changed in, in a year and a half. So then fast forward to today, I guess we can skip forward then. And like, how would you say things are going now? Like, what are some of the things that you've done to deal with the, the issues that you kind of saw getting worse and worse? Um, yeah, just maybe start there. Um, I mean, before I talk to you guys about it, as I said, there were a couple, um, I never know how to like bring them up just cause it, I mean, there's not really a term for them. It's just like, um, I mean, people call them like suicide thoughts, suicidal thoughts. Um, and those were probably the biggest like events that happened where it was like, oh, okay, like this is a big deal kind of a thing. And when you're experiencing it, it's not something that you really understand at first. It's kind of, you're like, what, like, what is this feeling? Like, why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's kind of why I wanted to choose the whole um, medication route, which I forget when I started that, but it's been a decently long time. Um, started on a lower dosage just to get my body used to it, but it kind of, I mean, there's side effects to all medications, but I think I had a couple with the medication I'm taking, just, they're minor ones, just headaches and, you know, loss of appetite was a big one at the start for sure. Um, but I think throughout me taking it, it has just, it's lowered the amount of like hard nights and the amount of like suicidal thoughts and um, the medication I'm taking also has... Um, a little bit of ADHD kind of help. Um, so that helps me in school to focus and helps focus a little more. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, it's just been a really big, like helpful thing in my whole life. Like, in, like not in my whole life, but in my um, life right now, it's just, I mean, it's something that people view as kind of like, Oh, it's just, it's just medication, but they don't really understand how much it like really impacts the person and how much it can really change for their mental health. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think an an important thing to bring up is the fact that you said medication and therapy are the two big things. And really, the only reason that you're not in therapy is because it was such a weird time with COVID and everything was online, and it just made it really difficult. Because I think if this had have happened before COVID or after COVID, where you know we were kind of in a normal routine and there was places you could just go to for counseling. I think you probably would have started both at the same time. Yeah. And, and so we're definitely not saying that medication by itself is the best solution. Mm -hmm. It's just, it seemed to work really well for you yeah. in the situation we were in. So, all right. Um, what would you say, or would you say you have a more positive outlook on life or on the future? And if so, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to? Like just in general or just with the whole medication kind of stuff? Yeah, because I think, I mean, 
you know, being a counselor, like back when I actually did individual counseling, one of the one of the biggest side effects of depression is a lack of interest in activities and a lack of ability to look at the future and and think positively about the future. So yeah. you tend to like look at everything as negative. And when you look into the future, it just looks dark, mm-hmm. like bleak. It doesn't seem to be there's nothing about the future that it interests you. And so as you start to come out of depression or you start to kind of work through some of that stuff, the hope is that activities start to become interesting again. And you look forward to like the little things you do in your day, whether it be football practice or getting to play like some video games every now and then, you know, that becomes more like exciting and interesting. And then as you look down the road in the future, you know, looking at, upcoming trips or the possibility of trips or the possibility of going to college or, you know, just all those different things just start to kind of come back and and be more interesting. I would say that like during the hardest times with it, it was very hard to like focus on that being in that day or in the future. I think throughout me being on the medication and throughout me dealing with it all in general, I have, been able to kind of realize that that's I mean it's just really like making it even worse and there's a lot to look forward to in life especially when you're you know a junior in high school there's I mean big change coming up in a year (laughs) just that and you know just getting to live life kind of the way you want to um I think that was I mean when you're kind of facing the whole depression and suicide um you kind of view yourself kind of as a burden to people and that um you know you shouldn't be here and people don't want you here and you'd be better if you weren't um but I think that whole kind of mindset has changed for me personally just because I kind of view it as like there's people in my life that it would be worse for them if I were not to be here anymore um which that was always kind of a thing that um you know stopped me from feeling these ways and stopped me from really doing anything um but I think that kind of has just helped me you know fully like understand and realize how much of an impact all of this has on other people and not it's not just you it's like it's like a tree it like branches out to everyone else around you um which Mm -hmm. is it's like it's hard just to you know know that the things that you're dealing with yourself can also impact the people around you but I think with the whole future thing I definitely have a more positive outlook on my life and in life itself yeah. No, I think when I when I used to work with clients and I and I tried to help them understand depression, one of the ways of looking at depression is almost like it's a a thick heavy blanket that you put over top of yourself and it keeps you from literally seeing things that are right next to you or right around the corner or right down the, you know, next week, things like that. And so you get really you get really focused on what's inside the blanket, which is you. And if you're not feeling good and you're feeling depressed and you start focusing on that over and over and over and over again, it just kind of spirals out of control and it becomes this really, really dark place. And I think you and I have even talked about that, that, that it's, it's yes, it's thinking a certain way, but it's also this just heavy, heavy feeling that almost is like somebody stepping on you, pushing down on you chest um it just it's not a good feeling 
So what are the, some of the things then that you would say, because you know, it sounds like things are going better. You have a more positive outlook on life, but what are the things that are still a struggle or what are the things that can kind of push you back that other direction? Funny enough, the thing that started it, big change is definitely a big one that, uh, that can kind of push it back or move it forward, actually. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing that moves it back would be, you know, just even small changes, really. I mean, you're just kind of more sensitive to your, you know, your schedule being different. And it tends, it stretches it. I mean, it stresses me out whenever someone's like, hey, you want to do something else that you know i just brought up today it's like no i had something that i wanted to do and i had my day planned out for me which i don't know if that's just me personally like it's just my personal traits or <laughs> if that has to do with any of that i think mom would say that you and i are that way <laughs> that it's a personality thing yeah but i would say um like definitely going from you know definitely going from middle school to high school and and just thinking about the big change. It hasn't even happened yet, but like just thinking about college and what happens after college, what happens after high school, it's just, it's so stressful. And that, you know, for a couple months, even it kind of just weighed down on me a lot. And it, I mean, I don't even have to deal with it yet, but it's just like, mm -hmm. just, just thinking about it and having my head kind of bring me back to that kind of state. Got it. So let's talk a little bit about your, your peers then. So like the kids you go to school with, uh, think about your close friend group, but then also think about just every kid who goes to your high school. Mm -hmm. And like, would you say that you, you are abnormal in the way of mental health? Or would you say that you can see that that's kind of running rampant through your age group right now? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy just to see how many kids these days, especially my generation and in high school itself, just have these mental problems. And there's a lot of theories with it. A lot of people think it's because of COVID. A lot of people think it's just because of, you know, all the new stuff that's happening in the world. Um, so I think even just looking at like my friends that I'm with, like almost all of them have dealt with the same things or different things than me with the whole mental situation. So I think it's just, it's a whole different, like, it's a whole different generation because, I mean, how would you view yours with the whole mental health stuff? Like, is it the same or is it different with that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when I think back to high school, I know that there were kids who were depressed, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure there were kids who dealt with anxiety because there is a change, right? You're in high school and you know that, oh, I don't know what I want to do in college yet. And so there's that like anxiety about figuring out what you want to do with the rest of your life but it just it seems like it was on a lower level mm -hmm. that it just it wasn't amped up the way that it is today and i mean yeah it just seems like today it's it's almost something that every kid is dealing with it's yeah. like it's just your age group it's it's what everyone's going through mm -hmm. covid or not i don't know i mean i'm sure i'm sure that you your generation probably already was experiencing it just because of where you're at in school, but then you throw COVID on top of it. And then all of a sudden it's like just exaggerated even more. I think adding on to that a little bit, it's a lot with our generation is that, you know, we're a lot more open to a lot of stuff that including, you know, 
um, LGBTQ kind of stuff, especially mental health. I think just us as a generation are very open um, with that stuff. I would say more than your guys's would have been in our kind oh, of yeah. age. So. No, I would agree. I mean, the the whole LGBTQ conversation is just out there in school and and people are much more willing to just admit yeah. who they are tell you know tell everyone who they are and, and what they believe and how mm. they feel and all that um in my i went to a really small school i literally graduated with 60 people in my senior class and out of those 60 i know at least two who are now who are out and and gay or lesbian and never would have brought that up in school like it was it was never something that was talked about it was never something that we knew um they had to kind of work through that later in their life and come out but so even in a, even in a class of 60 you know it was something that was going on something that people were dealing with but it was just not talked about so all right well let's finish things up with advice so I kind of wanted to get your take on two things. First of all, the whole major life change of moving across the country. So advice you have for parents who are thinking about it mm -hmm. and for maybe kids who are going through it. So start with parents. What would, what would your advice be to people like me and mom who are contemplating doing that for their kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I brought this up in the episode that we are all as a family and together. Mm -hmm. But I would say for sure, just making it like, just like putting it out there a lot more and just having it be a topic of conversation rather than it be like kind of a topic of conversation just between you and your significant other. Um, because I think kids have a, they have a big, um, you know, they have their own like feelings on it all. And I think I kind of viewed it also as when you guys were I mean, you guys were going through it too. Like, I'm sure it wasn't easy for you guys just to be like, oh, we're leaving. And I know there's backlash with older people. Um, so I think just try to, for parents, try to like focus, you have to focus on your own like issues and problems with it. But you also kind of have to understand that it's also like you're putting a big change in your kid's life. It's not just yours. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say just kind of, take that into consideration and kind of base your conversations and your thoughts and your actions behind that. Yeah. I think, I think we definitely could have had a lot more family conversations about it rather than just mom and I kind of hashing out the details. And then for maybe kids who are going through the same thing, what would your advice be to kids who are going through that right now? Oof. I mean, it's a rough, it's a rough time, um, but I would say just to just be open with your parents. I think the biggest problem that you know I would say um, made it even worse was that I didn't even bring it up. I don't think to you guys. Like I think you guys asked us how we felt about it right when you told us, but I was so in shock of the whole idea that I didn't really know how I felt about it yet. And then I was too scared to even like mention that. Hey, like I don't really know if this is the best idea for me. Because I'm an, I like I understand like I'm an 11 year old like I don't I wouldn't have really known what was best for myself in general, but I think just to be open with your parents even at a younger age, just to you know put your your own feelings into consideration for them, 
because I mean, I'm sure a lot of parents don't even understand what their children are feeling. So I think if you feel like it'll be a big deal for yourself, kind of put that into their eyes and not just keep it to yourself. Got it. Yeah, I think we had conversations later after we'd already been here for a while yeah. about how it impacted you. And I think you I think you were pretty honest with us about that. Mm-hmm. And you I, like I would kind of clump that in with a depression because a lot of times when you started feeling that way, I think that's what came up first was just I don't like it here, like things aren't going well, I miss the way things used to be. Yeah. So all right. So mental health stuff then what would your advice be for parents um, who have kids going through what you're going through? Man, <laughs> it's another rough question. I mean, yeah. maybe look at it this way. What, what do you wish mom and I had done? Is there things that we could have done differently or, or done better? I don't, I mean, from my perspective of it all, it's like, I've heard so many stories of parents that like make it seem like it's not like they're, child can control it like it's something that they're choosing which I think you guys did a perfect job with like understanding that it's it's not and um so I'd say just to I would advise you guys just to make it be more of you guys helping them rather than trying to control them to not feel that way um mm-hmm. I would say definitely because a lot of parents like to control how their kids are feeling and how they're acting and what they're doing in life so I would say kind of view it as, I mean, it could be your own fault. Like just putting that up straight. Like it could be parents' fault that their kids are feeling certain ways. So just understanding that your kid can't always control how they're feeling. and um, Just talk to them about it because a lot of kids, including me, they don't like talking in general, but if you put it out there for conversation, they will want to talk to you about it, especially if they're parents. So just being like open and willing to talk. Just willing to listen more. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, mom and I both went to school to be social workers. So mm-hmm. I would hope that we <laughs> wouldn't be condemning or like, you know, but at the same time, I can totally see how when a parent starts to feel like their kid is going through something like that, there are all sorts of like defensive feelings that can come up, especially mm-hmm. if you don't understand it. And yeah. it's it like scares you that they're feeling that way. You know, the first thing you want to do is just to shut it down. Like, how do I fix it as fast as possible? Yeah. And that can then come out in the wrong ways for sure. And then finally, like, so kids going through the same thing that you went through, like, what would your advice be to other kids? Probably my biggest thing would just to not keep it to yourself, which I know can be really hard. I know it can be really scary, but I think even just telling your friend, like just a friend of yours, opening up for conversation because little did I know like one of the first people I told about it was going through the same thing and it like it was it like helped us both kind of talking about it so you never really know how it's going to work out but I think just not keeping it into yourself and um, opening up to other people about it will always be a good idea for you going through that kind of stuff very good very good all right. Um, one more question. So back to the whole moving from Indiana to California thing. Um, like when you look back at it now, like good or bad? Mm. Ah, man. 
I would say, is that like for me or for like all of us? Just, just for you. Like when you look back on, on the impact that it had on your life and the, the changes that you had to go through and the impact it had, would you say ultimately it was a good move or was it one of the worst things that ever happened to you? <laughs> I mean, for the longest time, I viewed it as such a negative, like, this is terrible. Like, why would my parents ever do this to me? Why did they, like, just do it out of random kind of a thing? But um, I think that was also kind of a whole situation with the whole mental health stuff, kind of. I just missed what was going on there, and I, I missed what I had. But, like, how would I know it would still be there when we went back? Like, if we went back, how would I know it would still be there? How would I know if it would be the same? Um, and. I also like, I also kind of, when you first brought that up, I was like, well, like maybe if we didn't move, I wouldn't have to have a deal with the whole mental health stuff in general. Like, how would I know that? Like with the whole COVID thing, it could have happened during then. So I don't, I wouldn't view it as like a, a mistake. Like, I don't think it was something that, you know, was a really negative thing. I think I viewed it as that for a while, but I don't think I would have ever experienced like any of the same things I have now if I were to have stayed there because I fell in love with snowboarding and I don't think we probably would have ever done that there just because there's not a lot of places to um well true we would have probably had to take trips out west if we were going to ever try to do it I think it was a pretty positive choice in general I always struggle with with that whole thing because there's this saying that in order to grow, you have to experience change. Like without, without change, you won't experience growth. So on the one hand, it's like, then yeah, you should, you should look for ways to change things up and to, and to, you know, experience different things because it'll help you grow and it'll help you mature. But then at the same time, you don't want to just make your life chaos and, and, change it up so much that like you never feel any level of security Mm -hmm. for anything so it's good to hear that there was positive that came out of it so (laughs) all right well let's land the plane first of all i want to thank you for being willing to do this and to hang out again it was fun no it isn't fun talking about i mean this is less something you're passionate about passionate about and more something that's been just a difficult kind of phase of your life but at the same time I think you've definitely been open about it and been willing to talk about it and I think it's kind of become something that you've become passionate about you know just seeing that others are going through the same thing and being willing to help other people and and all that so I'm proud of you for that okay a few more things uh, for those of you listening a um, couple questions. Have you ever gone through a major life change like this in your life? Um, or is it something you're going through right now? If so, how are you doing? Uh, if you're not doing well, talk to somebody about it, first and foremost. Kind of like Tyler was saying, he kind of put it on the back burner and hit it for quite a while. But at some point, he realized it was something that he had to, had to talk about. And I feel like things have just gotten better. Uh, since then so if if you're going through that find someone to talk to um, ask them if they would sit down and chat with you for an hour or so and just kind of hear you out if that's not an option 
Um, and you know, things have gotten so bad to where you're scared and your emotions are overwhelming to you. Um, there are options for you. Um, first and foremost, if you're not feeling like life is worth living, um, call the suicide prevention hotline 800-273-8255. That's always a, a quick, immediate solution. Um, if you're, if you're feeling like that. And then just if, if you have time after that, you know, look for a counselor or a therapist, find somebody that you can talk to on a regular basis, somebody that knows how to help, you know, somebody who went to school to do that sort of thing. It'll just be helpful in getting you through this phase of your life and giving you someone to talk to. So that's it. Thanks again for joining us. Um, next week, we are going to wrap things up with my daughter, Rachel. Uh, hopefully she'll have a topic picked up by then. I've given her a couple of suggestions, but I don't think we've landed on the uh, landed the plane on what she wants to talk about. So we will see what happens there. Until then, have a great week. Navigate those life changes, and as always, keep transcending human. For more information on Transcend Human or the Transcend Human podcast, visit us at transcendhuman.com. There you'll find all of the podcast episodes along with the show notes. You'll find blog posts and other resources that will be helpful to you. You can also find our social media links there, and you can contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. And finally, we would love it if you would share the podcast with friends and family. Uh, If you do have an extra minute, stop by Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a rating and a review. That always helps to boost us in the rankings and ensure that more people find us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next week.